Welcome to the Alternative Prescription Podcast, where we use our experiences in healthcare, entrepreneurship, personal development, fitness, and relationships to offer you a unique perspective on how to write your own prescription for a fulfilling life. We hope that this podcast will be entertaining, thought-provoking, educating, inspiring, and fun. Our goal is that our conversations will give you the permission to pursue an alternative path, change your own narrative, and live your life on your own terms. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining in another episode of the Alternative Prescription Podcast. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. Yes, yes, we are back again, yes. and we have another guest, an- another guest for you guys. And this, this uh, gentleman, quite the accomplished um, healthcare leader yeah. in recruiting, human resources. Um, the guy has, has really had a, a quite an interesting career you know don't even, forget even Brandon public speaking now yes. he's a LinkedIn expert it's, it's a lot to take in and quite quite a lengthy career so we're gonna have him kind of walk walk us through his story and kind of what you know started him out how he navigated the road and kind of why he kind of took the the, the less less worn path yes exactly and, and and um you know guys you're in for a treat right this is one of those guys that we're just lucky to have and he, we can move in multiple areas. It's not just going to be a linear conversation. And I think he's the kind of mind that can help us out and just really expand on multiple topics. Yeah, so we would like to welcome to the podcast, uh, Iqbal Acha. Um, Perfect. Good morning, he, guys. Yes, morning. yes. He started in, uh, you know, retail pharmacy, um, went into education, training, um, then more of a kind of a corporate role in the pharmacy world, and then kind of talent acquisition. And now he kind of, He's doing his own thing now, so so take take us take, take us from there, man. Like yeah. take us on your ride. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm really happy to do that. And again, Bolu and Lote, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you and your audience. Um, yeah, so I think everybody kind of takes a look at either my LinkedIn profile, and they're like, "Geez, oh Pete, like when did you when do you sleep?" Um, <laughs> I know, yeah, man. so let me let me take a backtrack and a big step back, right? Like I think a lot of the people on your the, the, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are wondering, like, geez, where does this guy come from? And, like, you know, his background. Uh, I'm a pharmacist by trade, right? I went to pharmacy school, graduated. And just like you and a lot of your listeners, you know, everybody walks out of healthcare like, hey, I'm going to help people. I'm going to change the world. Talk to them about, you know, how to be healthier and then how to you know, provide them the tools, the resources, and really just the education to make sure that they take care of themselves. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, new grad. You know, everybody has that approach. Um, And I loved it. You know, I did that for quite a while. You know, I've had some experiences both in corporate or community retail pharmacy. I actually started two of my own independent pharmacies and with that started the entrepreneurial phase. So gone my first half of my career, I was very entrepreneurial. I own two independent pharmacies, a clinical consulting company, a business consulting company, a pharmacy technician training company, a medical billing company. I mean, you know, you don't make this stuff up, right? This stuff just comes to you. And that's one of the things that I learned in the first half of my career is if an opportunity presents itself to you, don't say no. Just say yes and then figure it out along the way. Like I wasn't born knowing how to do medical billing. I wasn't born knowing how to train pharmacy technicians, but an opportunity presented itself. And I said, you know what? I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to learn it. And that's what I did. Um, in the process of doing all of these things, I built some phenomenal relationships with healthcare executives, healthcare professionals from all across the board of healthcare, right? And we all shared that same commonality of helping patients try to get better, 
But we also face the same challenges. How do you leverage other resources to be able to fulfill your mission? How do you be able to build a brand in a community, whether it's virtual or in, in person? Um, and then how do you sustain that business while working within government and regulations so that way you can make sure that you're doing the right thing for the right people and doing it compliance-wise? Um, phenomenal opportunities, got to work with the Department of Public Health, the Department of Public Aid, you know, and you learn a little bit about what their angle is and yours and always trying to find a win-win solution, always. So I did that for the first eight years. These seven businesses that I owned, quite successful, quite lucrative. I really enjoyed it. Professionally, I was on the top of my game. Personally, probably at the lowest point in my life. Uh, and this happens, right? So great successful business, poor family life. And at that point, my wife at the time decided she didn't want to hold that title. We decided to get a divorce and I had to make a choice. Either I continue to be a phenomenal business person and continue down that track, or I switch gears and I really focus on what's important to me. And those are my two kids, my son and my daughter, 14 and 11. Sounds like an easy choice and it was. I sold all of the businesses. I spent a year trying to refocus my personal life. And at the same time, I needed to sustain myself. So I came to work for Walmart as a pharmacist until I sorted things out. And within a year, uh, the HR team reached out to me. They had seen my background. They were like, listen, we're looking to hire pharmacists and optometrists to hire pharmacists and optometrists. And that's where the HR journey began. Um, so for the last 14 years, I've actually spent all of my time recruiting, attracting, onboarding, developing, and training pharmacists, optometrists, nurses, social workers, healthcare executives across two Fortune 500 companies, Walmart and Anthem. Uh, and it has been just a phenomenal, phenomenal ride to be able to learn, train, develop, and really help people advance their careers. Um, earlier in January, I had to make a personal decision again I was actually we take care of my three aging parents all over the age of 80 so my mom my dad and my mother-in-law and my wife had been doing a phenomenal job for the last five years but as you age you know you start to have some more challenges and those challenges became too insurmountable for one person to handle and those are actually my priorities so I decided to take a big step back I left the corporate world and focused on my parents and at the same time, I decided I have 20 years of this experience. Why should we let that slide when I can help other people continue their journey? Started the consulting company. And I have to tell you, I was not expecting it to be as successful or as popular as it has become. Because again, focus was my parents. But I think what's important is if you really enjoy helping other people, independent consulting is the way to go. So I'm going to pause there because that's a lot of information for you and your audience. No. Hopefully that helps. No, that is... That is extraordinary. Like, you know, Bolo and I discuss all the time. Like, one of the strains we've noticed in all these really extraordinary people we've interviewed is life happens, right? There's not a rigid mindset, right? And I noticed one thing in all of you guys so far, and I get it in our lives too, is the ability to maneuver, the courage to take new risks. And just see what happens. It's like, and it and it's so inspiring. It's so rich. It's so encouraging because if someone told you 10, 20 years ago, you would be right here right now. You would tell them to pass a drink, right? Like, what are you <laughs> drinking, right? Yeah. But what is so unique that makes life so fantastical is you really don't know what's around the corner. Yep. And who knows? Almost from taking care of elderly parents, which is extraordinary, right?
right, to now open this whole new chapter. I mean, that's just like, whoa, you know? And I'm just, I tip my hat to you and I, I just, I had to say that. And I think for the audience, wherever you are, don't feel like that's who you are. It's just, a, you're just on a path, right? And it's okay if that didn't work out because something is gonna come on the horizon and your natural instincts or it would work out is the point of panorama. Yeah, I think I think there are a lot of um, really powerful lessons in you know what what Iqbal just shared here is you know a, a lot of times you know we're kind of sold this bill of goods that okay you know success looks like this it looks yeah. like this lofty position or you know you might have all these businesses or you know and and just like this kind of really fast paced lifestyle yes. where um, you know personally or even relationship wise you might be neglecting some things yes. and. And, you know, suffering in that area. But, um, you know, he kind of got to that point and he realized, whoa, okay, you know, I'm actually not maybe living according to my priorities. Let me reevaluate. Let me take a step back, you know, and and that that reflection enabled him to kind of change course a little bit, you know. And I think so many times, um, you know, we don't necessarily take the time to pause and to reflect and to really be like, wait a minute is the path I'm going on getting me to where I'm really trying to go? Or am I just, you know, kind of running and running? And, and I think that, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that self-reflection and analysis yeah. just enabled you to kind of, you know, course correct a little bit, um, you know, back, back then when you decided to, you know, kind of sell the businesses mm-hmm. and focus on personal yeah. life. And then again, you know, um, grandparents. yeah, with, with the grandparents, you know, yeah. so, so I, I think you have to have a certain, level of self-awareness introspection. and just introspection yeah. and, and to, self-awareness like to get to those points and i think that's just um wow that's amazing stuff right there dude. but yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm glad you guys like the you know the history right because i think it's important for people to recognize what you guys just pointed out most people are so interested in what they're currently doing today that they just don't take the time to step out of that bubble yeah you have to have some self-reflection time, whether it's brought upon you or you choose it for yourself. The latter's better, right? Because yeah. you know you have control of when you I can know. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Me, oh, yes, that brick wall. Oh. It's like, hey, guess what? Thank you, but you know, our company's decided to go in a separate direction, and now you're forced to have to do self-reflection. Yes. And it's a lot more harder to do it at that point versus, hey, I'm going to take two hours on my weekend just to kind of reflect on what I did, where I'm heading, what I need to do, and how to get there. Because if you can do that, you will master your faith. You will. And, it, and it's so crazy because our education, there's not, I'm going to speak for myself, there's nothing in our background, in all our, and we are super educated. We're like in the minority of the minority people. And I could tell you that there's no point of introspection. It's almost like you want a factory being chugged out to fit some specific module. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, I'm a pharmacist. Yeah, I'm an MD. Yeah, I'm an engineer. But what if I don't want to really do that every day? Like, that's a really wild assertion. And you have to be open to other possibilities and not freak out by it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, at least for me, from my angle, I think it kind of comes down to just uh, critical thinking. I think you have to have a certain independence of mind to um, to kind of listen to your own voice or just to not get so swept up in everything. And yeah, you know, be good at your job, do, do well, you know, you know, kill it in whatever you're trying to do, but at the same time, you know, ask yourself those questions. Yeah. Cause you never like, you know, like you just described it. Like, you never know what's around that corner. You, you just don't. don't. 
right? And I think that that's really important to be able to be flexible, but also know what, what you stand on as well. No, but I think also to, to piggyback what you just said is this, like, like you have to know yourself, right? And a lot of times, sometimes when you're winning, you're actually losing. Mm-hmm. And, when, and when you think you're losing, you might actually be winning. So here he was. There are a lot of men who will kill to achieve financial success like that, right? But at the end, he realized, you know what? That was great, but family is important. My kids are critical. And he pulled back, right? And the point is that he ultimately has a fuller life now. Right. There's this notion we guys have that it's kind of like I have to get all of this part right. I have to get my money right. But it's like, well, what about your family? What about your health? Right. What about your sense of community? You know, and I think what I love about his story is almost sort of a well-rounded person. And in all of this, I don't really sense a lot of ego. It's a very given attitude. It's a very sort of... um, very zen, very zen yeah. Buddhist mindset. But I think it's freaking awesome, bro. Thank you, my man. Thank you. So, like, okay. So maybe we'll get into a little bit more of the particulars. Yes. So maybe, um, maybe kind of what drew to pharmacy and um, maybe, uh, maybe take us through, like, when you were starting, um, you know, these different education companies to train pharmacy technicians or, you know, like medical billing, like, like maybe what was your overall like ethos so what was like like the vision or what what was kind of driving you at that point or did you just maybe realize okay i have these certain skills or I have these certain talents and it just kind of more or less fell into place so just, just kind of take us through that, that journey just tell us your story yeah. I, you know i'm happy to do that and i think you know one of the things that i always like to remind people especially when i talk about like hey why did i start this company why did i start that company there's a combination of two things and, and everybody should have this no matter where they go they need to have passion for it and they need to have a purpose behind it. Mm. You can have a passion for something, but that's not enough to sustain what you're going to do. Hmm. You could do it for two weeks. You could be like, oh my God, I love this idea. That's great. And I'm just going to come up with all these great things. And then two weeks later, you're like, you know what? It's over. I'm I'm good. And then you can have a purpose for doing something, but if you just don't have enough of a drive or a passion to do it, it's like, yeah, I'm going to work on that one of these days. So when it came to the different businesses that I started, you know, one of the things that I can tell you is, is that people are either drawn towards something or choose to avoid something. <laughs> Having worked in a corporate or a community pharmacy for a retail company, you know, you learn a lot of things that, that work great. And then you also learn what you don't like. Um, and, you know, again, these were all wonderful learning experiences, but I also learned like, listen, there's a point at which you can say, I'm going to be a great pharmacist. And I chose pharmacy because I enjoyed the opportunity to talk to people about medications, how to manage their, their weight, their diet, their, you know, their health in different ways so that they can produce outcomes. The challenge, however, was, was that working for somebody else and working within their standards, you know, you're limited in terms of how much of an impact you can have. Um, And that's when I decided like, hey, listen, if I'm going to open up my own pharmacy, here's what my structure would look like. Here's what my protocols would look like. If you come to me, I'm not going to give you two seconds. I'm going to give you, you know, 20 minutes because that's what you need. It gave me that option to be able to customize the care and the counseling that patients need. So that's why I chose to open the two pharmacies. Now, along with that, you start to see like, you know, this is the path I've chosen and this is where I'm going to go. And then there are all these branches. So one of the branches was I needed to hire pharmacy technicians for my pharmacies. And the quality of the candidates that I was seeing was not to the standards that I had hoped. 
because I wanted to have pharmacy technicians that understood not just the clinical side, but how to interact with patients, how to work with different technology systems, and most importantly, how to brand our pharmacies in a way that people would say, wow, I really like Carla, or I really like Socorro. I want to come back because of them. And that's how the pharmacy technician training company started, because we knew, my partner and I at the time, uh, were like, hey, listen, if we're going to produce a bumper crop of pharmacy technicians, here's where the standard should be and not what we should accept. And that's how that began as well. Along the way, you know, opportunities present themselves. So the more pharmacists, uh, sorry, the more doctors I met, the more nurses I met, the more executives I met, you know, they would tell me because of the relationship that we built, like, this is a challenge I'm having. Um, and sometimes some of those challenges could be fulfilled by me saying, hey, I know a guy that does that. Like, you need a medical builder today. Hey, you know what? I don't do it today, but my cousin does or my friend does. And let me just introduce you. And if that goes somewhere, fantastic. But when I got like 5, 10, 15 requests, I was like, here's an opportunity. Why not move into this space and let's just try it out. What's the worst that can happen? You take on five clients and if you're unsuccessful, okay, you tried it, you know it didn't work, move on. But if it's successful, how do you amplify that? How do you grow it? How do you bring other people in so that you can give them exposure and experience and at the same time make profit and make your clients happy? And that's how the medical billing company started as well. Wow. Um, so many different things. And I, again, I always go back to the, the statement like, never say no to an opportunity. Just say yes and then do as much diligent research as you can so that you've done your due diligence and execute to the best of your ability. One of the things that just jumped out is like, and again, like maybe we can even get a bit more granular, like where does the confidence come from? Like, how, like, cause that's something a lot of people struggle with. Right? Sorry. Like yeah. he just like a samurai warrior just swinging his sword. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Because, no, for real. Right. And, and he just, okay, this happened. Boom, boom. And it's just kind of like this flow. Right. But like, not to be a shrink here, but like just unpack a little bit, like, where does that juice come from? So, yeah. so the audience can say, okay, how can I get myself to that point where I'm that samurai seeing opportunities? Because it's one thing to take an opportunity. It's one thing to know of an opportunity. It's one thing to know how to take advantage of it. So like just, yeah. Yeah, or even that. just the mindset. Because you know, people, that's people, that's people, what I'm looking people come across you. things and yeah. then they talk themselves out. Yeah. Like, oh, I wouldn't be any good at that. Or, yes. oh, you know, so-and-so told me this so many yeah. years ago. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know. And like just 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 mentally, there can be a lot of roadblocks to I think to people taking opportunities or even just um, you know having a more rigid mindset. So like kind of where where did your mindset yeah. kind of come from? How does that cook in there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I like that a lot. Um, let me be, and I try to be as honest and open and transparent as I can because I understand like you know a lot of people will look at this video or they'll listen to this podcast and they'll be like man that cat just has it like he just was born with it that confidence is already there that swagger he's got that let me just tell you man like everybody every single successful leader right tony robbins darren hardy you know everyone that you could see everyone has struggles and everyone has you know goes through a point of depression and a lack of confidence and i'm no exception right so there are points in times of my cycles where i will just be like yeah I, I don't know what I, why I said yes, I'm just not prepared for this. But I learned a few things over the years. Number one, success is not final and failure is not fatal. Mm. Wow, please please say that again, please. It's a Winston Churchill quote that success is not final and failure is not fatal. It's the ability to get up and do it over and over again that gives you that confidence. 
experience, right? So when I tell you about my story, certainly not to brag, you know, I'm not happy that I got a divorce. It's not something I want to be proud of, but it happened, right? Yeah. And it taught me how to be resilient. Yeah. I had seven businesses that I thought were doing very, very well, and I walked away from them. I mean, that for some people is their center of their universe, but for me, it wasn't. And what I share with people is the confidence is not something that you need to look for outside, but it can be supplemented from external factors. So number one, you have to believe in what you're doing and you have to believe in yourself. Whether I'm talking an interview or starting a business or doing a sales pitch or even trying to get a loan, I think what's important is, is whenever you're talking to some other individual, right? They don't know your context. They don't know the content of your life. They don't understand like why you're coming to them or what, what value you may provide for them. So it's important to believe in what you're saying to somebody else so that they can also feel the conviction of, hey, if I'm gonna work with you, if I'm gonna trust you, if I wanna partner with you, I need you as a consultant, I know that you are gonna be able to guide me in the right way. And you have to believe that the advice that you have is actually valuable. Right? If you can't trust yourself to do it, no one else is going to do it. So that's number one. And number two, which is probably the biggest factor, like I always told my son when he was growing up, because everybody goes through cycles, right? And my son today, God bless, is a, you know, he's a doctor. He teaches you know, at political science at a university. Uh, but this kid, this kid was just a troublemaker in high school. I mean, he did not do well. He did not do well. And I was reminded in something. I said, you know what? No matter what happens, just remember this you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with the most. You are the Thank sum you. of the five people that you hang out with the most. So you think about that. If you're hanging out with five truants or five criminals or five lazy guys, guess what? You're gonna be just like them. Yeah. And that was a wake up moment. So when I have my moments of self doubt or wearying or confidence, I turn to the five people that I know can lift me up. So one mm. of them is is always my emotional rock. She knows that I will have moments of like hyper manic, like, yeah, we're gonna do this, it's gonna be awesome. And then another moment of why, why am I even doing this? Like, I can't do it. She's like, baby, you got this, trust me. I've seen you do this before and she'll build me up. Mm. And I have other people in my life that do that too, right? I have a best friend, I have my son. All of these people provide value from different sides that I need to be able to provide for me a foundation of trust and confidence. And I think that that's also important, especially young men there, because like you pointed out, gentlemen, yeah. like we think we can do it all by ourselves. We got this and all that. But the fact of the matter is you're going to hit low points. And I'm not ashamed to say like I hit my low point in February when I was like, what am I doing? I'm starting a consulting company. I'm taking yeah. care of 80 year olds. Like, this is just not going to make sense. And then the next thing I know, I've got my team of people that are saying, you know, dad or Iqbal or honey, you got this. And that's what's important to be able to build upon that confidence. So trust in your own advice and have people that build you up. Yeah, we're just gonna interject really quick because that, that was such a, a great point you made of just having your support network, you right? Call, you call it the board. Yeah. Your board of directors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I came across this uh, somewhere, just having your own personal board of directors, right? Like the people whose opinion holds the most weight in your life, who you turn to for guidance, for answers. If you're not sure of something, you know, you turn to them to really value what they say. So it's so important to have those people around you that, that build you up. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if we can necessarily have this discussion without talking in some context about dating and marriage. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm an open book, guys. Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. If it helps your audience, I'm, I'm totally good. 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, single and like dating people in, yeah. in our audience. In the, so, yeah. And yeah, it, and it is so important, you know, in choosing someone to be like your life partner. Um, so I, I think maybe, maybe I'll turn it over to Lo too, but I, maybe I just want you to maybe bring us through like how, you know, as far as like your maybe I don't, you don't have to get too deep into the details. Maybe like your previous marriage, your current marriage, just like what are some of the things you've learned as um, when it comes to, you know, choosing relationships, how to prioritize them, how to, you know, keep them healthy and just um, be in a space where you can have that strong foundation Absolutely. from your, you know, your board of directors or your whatever. Because to add to Bull also, because you cannot do all of this by yourself, right? And your most intimate partner is the person to the next year of time. Right. So, and, and we, we like to always try to slide a little bit into relationships because kind of like we all, you know, the audience, you know, 20s, 30s, early 40s, like that's a big component of that because what good does it do you to become a successful guy, make all this money, but you have a hard time with your kids, your partner, your spouse. So I think you're in a really unique you know, situation to just help us out in terms of what kind of partner we're looking for. You know, like, what, like, what, what tools do your partners, partner have, to help you become the man you are now? Sure. You know, I'm gonna take a big step back for a second, right? Because I think it's important to understand the origin of the, of me myself in a relationship perspective, particularly marriage, to where I am today, right? So we're talking going from a 20 year old that got married and had a kid to a 40 plus year old that now is about to be a grandfather in, in three months, right? So oh, wow. that's awesome. Thank you. So let's talk about that, right? Um, and yeah, I think it's really important, especially for young men and middle-aged men as well. Like I don't ever recall having a deep conversation with my father, grandfather, uncle. I didn't have anybody that told me like, listen, when you get married, you need to know these things, right? It was always superficial. Oh my God, that's so <laughs> true. Men make the money, women do this, and like that's it. Like this black and white differentiation, and, and you just follow the rules and everything will be fine. Oh it's my a total God. lie. A total, total lie. So because of that, I did not know that at the age of 20, when you get married, you are going to be in not just a relationship, a lifelong relationship, but it's a marriage. It should be a marriage based on friendship, loyalty, and trust, right? And I always tell everybody this, including my ex and including my kids, like I wish my ex nothing but the best. I'm glad that she is where she is today because I made a lot of mistakes that led to the dissolution of our marriage. I made a lot of them. And a lot of that was based on that prediction or that, that concept of, you know your job and I know my job. So why are we fighting? Right? I make the money, I'm out there, I'm busting my, you know, I'm hustling, I'm trying to bring money in so I can support the family. Your job is basically to take care of the kids and me when I get home and that's it. But there is no communication, there's no concepts of like, hey, let's talk about this like intellectually and more importantly, like a friend. Um, and I would tell you that that was my fault. And I'm sure that there was an element of both of ours, but. If you are a man in a relationship, you had better understand that when you're going to get married, marry a friend. Mm. Marry somebody you can talk to about the deepest challenges, 
world problems, whether it's, you know, financial, economic, social, racial, political, wow. whatever. And you're going to have disagreements, which is fine. But if you cannot talk to your partner and tell them, hey, listen, I respect you and I might not understand, I might not agree with you, but at least I understand where you're coming from, that friendship is critical. So friends before marriage. I learned that the first time around or the second time. <laughs> and so when I did get remarried, I married my friend. Wow. Uh, and she taught me a lot about, hey, listen, I don't, you know, she's not the same faith. I'm Muslim. She's Catholic. She's not the same race. I'm Indian, Pakistani. She's Irish, Polish. Uh, you know, she's older than me. So she's got like a different generational view on some things. But we make it work because we're two different people that can respect each other's wow. different similarities. And I think that that's where the other piece is. And that is once you have a friendship based or a foundation for a marriage and a relationship, I think it's also important to remember that there will be points in your marriage where one of you has to be the alpha and the other has to be the beta. Like you cannot be alpha alpha in the same category. So here's a great example. My uh, wife is alpha when it comes to financial matters, right? You give me a contract, you talk to me about how to manage our finances. And I have other people that I trust in that space, right? But if there's ever a financial question or if ever, ever is a contract, I immediately give it to my wife because I trust her. She's, and I'm loyal to her and she's loyal to me. And I know that that is where she excels. You give it to me, I am guarantee you I'll butcher it. I'll make it for <laughs> ourselves financially. On the flip side, anything technological, she knows just to give it to Iqbal. Right, brand new iPhone. Hey, Iqbal, can you set it up for me? Can you transfer? I know it? that is so cool. How about you, Zoom? Right, and those are the things that we trust each other on. So that's why I say you can't be alpha in both, and you can't be beta in both. One of you has to take the lead, and through those experiences, either if you were moderate alpha, you'll learn because you have more experiences, and if you were moderate beta, and you take a step back, you learn to trust your partner. Wow, that's. We'll have to have for part two, man. That's so <laughs> weird. I mean, that is so, that is so, um, because there's sort of this mindset that you have to be, you know, big dog across the board. And from what you're telling us is that even from a business point of view or a hiring point of view, you want to hire people with different skill sets. It's redundancy. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and you have to have a healthy enough ego and respect for the person not to take advantage of you to say, babe, handle this. Right. And not feel like you are being emasculated for, as an example, because sometimes that could be an issue. But I think that one thing that I think is wonderful is the level of maturity and learning from one's past mistakes that kind of helps create this beautiful situation you have. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us, you know, that, you know, date your friend, which is that's just, because guys are like, oh my gosh, you gotta, you know what? But in the end, it's like, dude, like date someone that you can actually yeah. spend time with, you know? So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, sir. Yeah, that's pretty my pleasure, good. my pleasure. And you know, I mean, all of these things, all these things I'm telling you today, you know, when I talk to my clients and the ones that come to me like, hey, listen, I need to advance my career. I want to build a brand. You know, these are the types of things I try to help people recognize within their context. 
right? Like, I don't know where everyone has come from, but I know that they're here today and they're talking to me because they need some advice or some guidance to take them to the next level. And I think it's important that when we have those kinds of discussions, we talk about their, their, their board of directors, right? Like who's on your board that you can go to and support because walking into an interview, you're going to be facing some challenges and how to prepare for that or any, any other aspect of leadership development. I think it's critical that people recognize, Hey, you don't need to be the best at everything. You just need to know what you're good at and then delegate to the people that you trust the most. That's so critical. And as an entrepreneur, I experienced that this last couple of years. Um, all you're responsible for is, is the team. You put the team together and that's on you. But your job is to empower each and every one of them to be their best selves. I mean, and you're just a conduit for them to just express themselves. And I think that that's so critical. You know, like, I'm looking at your bio here really quick. Do you do like life coaching? I do. <sighs> so, yeah, I could tell. <laughs> I just know I was like, yeah, I could tell. It kind of no. comes through. Yeah, it, it does. And it premiums. And it's so critical because we have nutritionists, we have, you know, at the, you know, coaches for you to learn how to, you know, you know, sprint, to have a basketball coach. Heck, you even have a financial guy, you have a minister, you have, you know, whatever you want to call it. But how many times do you actually stop and say, hey, listen, you know, I want to cast my life into this sort of ocean can someone just talk to me about this process, this path we're going on? And I think that's something that I think that, and I know Bullet does that too, live coaching too, but like, I would like the audience to really consider that, right? Because there's some mistakes that your resilience might not be strong enough to recover from, for real. And it's important to meet people who've taken the punches and tell you, hey, listen guys, put the left hand up, the hook is coming, you know? And, and I think live coaches like him, Bolu, I mean, when I was younger, I didn't, I mean, we didn't have those, but if I were in my twenties now, oh my God, I'm paying for one yesterday. Yeah. So definitely I'm, I'm totally open to that stuff. Awesome. You know. Yeah. So quite, quite, quite the wonderful story. So, yeah, I um, so I, obviously I guess you kind of had that entrepreneurial itch from a, from an early, um, from an early time. So is that what kind of, um, made you get the MBA? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I'm just curious, like, like, do you, like, would you recommend it for somebody that's yeah. like an entrepreneur trying yeah. to start their own I, business now? I love this question because I get this question a lot, especially mm -hmm. from students and new grads that are like out for like the first five years. They're like, listen, I want to, you know, I want to move up. I want to find, you know, a new a higher level position. Should I get the MBA? Um, and then there are some in school that are like, hey, listen, I'm doing my farm B or my MD and should, you know, there's a program now we can do the MBA. You know, the first thing I will tell you is why do you want it? Right. Because there's reason, again, passion and purpose. Right. Like if you're doing it because you just want to be able to say, I can add three more letters to the end of my name. It'll be a passion. But that's about it. Like that's all that you're going to get out of it. Right. Like you can stand on it. You can feel proud of yourself and it might last six months, a year, two years. And then afterwards, you're all right. Um, I personally, you know, wanted I did not consider doing an MBA when I got out of school. I enjoyed the experiences I had. And to be honest with you, the firsthand experiences of learning how to start, grow, and sustain a business, personally speaking, yeah. 10 times more, I, I more superior than three letters. <laughs> I'm feeling you might say that. Uh, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> right? 
and, and again, I don't want to dis I don't want to disenfranchise your audience to think like an MBA is worthless. No. If you are planning with a with ninety percent certainty that your future is going to be working for someone else in a corporate setting, yeah. you're going to need the MBA. Those three letters will open doors for you. They're going to be able to provide a platform for you to step into without a lot of scrutiny. Hmm. Right? Because you can go work for any one of the top Fortune 1000 companies and they will look at your MBA and they'll say, listen, I can see your MBA, therefore you automatically have a basic criteria or a basic understanding of how business works. We're gonna go ahead and add, give you the opportunity and fine tune that so it's within our organization. And that's great, that's fantastic. From an educational, knowledge, wisdom-based perspective, I did not find the MBA was as valuable as the experiences I had. And I think that that's critical because you will be given a foundation of knowledge through an MBA program but it will be difficult for you to practically apply it unless that situation or environment exists. Hmm. So that's why I say that, right? Because your audience may be thinking, if I get an MBA, bam, I'm going to get a job. Yeah. And it's possible. Yeah. But I'll tell you, you're going to struggle if you don't know the context or the environment that's not been created for you. Because you can't take organizational management or HR processes and just say, well, I learned this in a book. Hmm. No, I think that's really cool because I know that's, you know, for most people who, because we're like, school education, and, and, and it's tough saying this because we all are very educated here, it's like programming, right? Go back to, you know, go back to your basic fundamentals. Oh, I need to learn something, go back home, right? And home for us is classroom. Home for us is more, more books, home for us is more, more, go back to a classroom. And it's kind of like, we need to start telling people that, Yes, the classroom is critical. I'm not knocking that. And again, it's so funny because here is a guy with all those degrees and he's telling you, guys, listen to me. Real life experience is so valuable. You cannot understate that. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, you do not need to spend another 200 grand going back to Kellogg or you. It's like crazy. But people don't know this or they just don't have any context. So to so someone like you in your position who's been there, done that, and it's like, listen, kids, it's not how it goes. I think that is so awesome. Yeah. I, and, you know, I think it's interesting because, you know, you pointed it out right now, Lotu. Um, you know, people look at the degrees and they're like, oh, he's accomplished, right? Like, this is how he's gotten to where he's been. Those, the only one degree, because I mean, I have a bachelor's in biology and a pharmacy bachelor's and a, you know, SHRM certification and SPH. I have all these certifications, right? None of them are as valuable to me as for me in my career. The pharmacy degree is really what created a sense of confidence and open doors, right? It yeah. established me as what we will call an expert in this field because of that degree. The MBA has accentuated it. The DTM with Toastmasters has accentuated it. All these other things add to what you already have, but none of them replace the life experiences and the interactions and the ability to help someone go from here to there and the contributions that you do to that. Again, you can't put a dollar value on no. it. You can't add anything to it. No, that's, a, that's really good. And I think that's, I think it's any, it is any takeaway that is so critical that um, schooling, going back to school, is not the be all end all, you know. And, and, and when you look at a lot of the entrepreneurs that create really extraordinary things, 
the one thing they really have is the ability, ability to put together a team, the charisma to lead. And you let those people who are great in finance handle that. You know, someone who's better at this, you hire the MBAs. As insane as it sounds, <laughs> it's really crazy, yeah. but it's true. Yeah, people treat, teach an entrepreneurship, but they never start their own business. It's, it's unbelievable, know? yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you went into a little bit of your motivation for, you know, starting your own consultant company more recently, you know, with your, um, you know, aging parents and, and all that. But can you talk a little bit more about the benefits of entrepreneurship? Maybe just for some people who maybe are on the fence a little bit, some of our listeners who might be like, oh, you know, I thought about starting this business, but scary. I don't know. Yeah, it's scary. I don't know if I'm cut out for it. Or, you know, just, just maybe walk us through maybe the pros and the cons and maybe like who might be a good fit to be entrepreneur or who might not be just, just for our, for our audience listening. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. And both that's a phenomenal question, right? Cause I think a lot of people have some great ideas. They're very creative. They come up with like, man, this would be helpful for my community, my family, my, the entire world, like the entire country. Uh, but they're too scared, right? Mm. They're like, the challenges are insurmountable. The mountain is too high to climb. I just can't do this. The fact of the matter is, is that there are, there are many advantages of being an entrepreneur. The first and foremost is you design your future. Hmm. Your basis, your vision, your mission, your strategy are not influenced by anyone else that you don't want it to be influenced by. Yeah. Right? Having worked for corporate America, you know, I understood that there is going to be ideas that they want generated from the bottom up. But when it gets to a certain level, they're like, that's wonderful. Now we need you to filter it through the corporate lens. Wow. So it sounds like the company that you work for. And that's, that's the name of the game. And that's okay, right? That works. But when you're an entrepreneur, nobody can tell you what's right and wrong. And nobody can predict how it's going to look at the end, except yourself and the circle of trust that you create. Yes. So number one, full autonomy, full control, full creativity. Um, it's just hearing that it just relaxes. It's just music, yeah. music to my ears. It's music like, yes. Ears, yeah. <laughs> it makes a difference. Yeah. And I'm glad that you guys feel that too, right? Like I see what you guys are doing with Confluence. I see what you're doing, you know, with this podcast. Like you're trying to empower other people and at the same time receive the validation of like, listen, this podcast is growing, right? People are listening to this because they see value in it. Had you gone through somebody else, they would have said, that Bolu Lote, this sounds really nice, but Maybe you can kind of like tamper oh, it down a little bit here. I know, like, right, man. We're, we're rebels, man. We're a bunch of pirates. Rebels, right? <laughs> Companies are hiring rebels because they want that creativity that they cannot generate themselves, but then they kill that creativity after a certain point because it needs to sound like that. So being an entrepreneur, your idea, your full control, your creativity, your vision, mission comes to life, and you get to be proud at the end of the yes. day. Of what it is. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. That's the pros. Here the it's real. Hard work, lots of sacrifice. You got to be able to climb your own battles. You got to battle your own demons, right? Like mm -hmm. this is, been, it's been three months. I posted all of these posts and nobody's liking them or wow, I've only grown my followership in this much or I've only generated like three contracts or this much revenue. Like, yeah, it's hard. It's not easy, yeah. but it's still worth it at the end of the day because nobody got to tell you how it should look and at the end of the day, you get to be proud of the value that you provided for even one person. Like that one person is gonna come back, they're gonna call you, write a testimonial or post something and be like, Iqbal, you changed my life because you said this. And I was like, I don't even remember helping you to that extent, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. I'm glad I did. 
it, it is good for the soul, and that's you can't you can't put a price tag on that. It's just awesome. Yeah, no, totally. And, and it reminds me of a conversation I had with, uh, with Lotep maybe a few months ago. I think, um, you know, even when we were in the beginning stages of starting this podcast, it just started as a conversation, like as an, an idea, like, oh, you know, you know, we have these crazy, intense conversations just really on these, all these subjects. And it's like, wow, you know, this could be a podcast. I was like, yeah, we should, we should totally do that, you know? And, you know, it was never about, okay, we want this many listeners, we want this many downloads. It was like, it's like, no, we want to put this out there to help somebody. Even if just one person or two people say, oh my gosh, that really helped me. I really learned something or I hadn't thought of that before. You know, just, just that one person whose life you can change yeah. is, it's worth it, you know? No, it, it is. And like, if you told us a few months back, we'll have a thing. Like, I will tell, I literally, and this is the part about what we do that is just nuts. This was an idea off of just a conversation, having a drink, relaxing, and now we get a chance to meet someone like this who gets, who gets to tell the world about what he does. And it's so inspiring. It's so moving. It's so rich. And I just imagine a kid, not a kid, a young person, driving home from work and it's kind of like, I want to be a pirate like him. I want to be a rebel. I want to do my own thing. I want to be a samurai. And I think, well, thank you so much for that, dude. Like, that's awesome. I mean, I think your gift, I think your story is, and your humanity is awesome. And I think you're fantastic. We cannot wait to put this out, for real. I'm excited. I'm we really excited. And I, I'm, again, I, I have to tell both of you, like, it is an honor to be on your show. I started thank listening you. to your podcast a couple of weeks ago and Bolu was like, hey, here's the link. And I'm like, man, this is some really good stuff, like really deep stuff. And yeah, I just, I, I admire your courage because what you're doing are things that other people are not willing to put in invest in, mm-hmm. right? And the value that your audience is going to get out of these types of, you know, topics and discussions, mm-hmm. it, it, it's immeasurable. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, that means so much. That means so um, much. So yeah, so tell the guests, uh, tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. Like, where can they find you if they're maybe a healthcare professional, they're looking for their next career opportunity, you know, how can they reach out to you for some kind of, um, you know, counseling or- Life coaching. Or, yeah, yeah, tell, uh, tell us- Career everything. coaching. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put it all in the, in the gonna, links. We're, we're, <laughs> Larry, thank you for that opportunity. I do a lot of my, you know, networking and a lot of the work I do now is on LinkedIn. So I encourage everyone to find me on LinkedIn. I do my, my goal in life. My passion is really helping healthcare professionals and executives advance their career, build a better brand and really leave a lasting legacy in the environment that they are in or the environment they want to go to. So leadership development is an aspect of my life that I feel very honored to help other people in the process. So go to LinkedIn, look me up. You'll find a lot of opportunities. There's actually an opportunity for you to connect with me. If you just want to spend 15 minutes with me and just kind of share with me your story i'm yeah, more than yeah. happy to do that and there'll be a link on my linkedin page that helps you connect and schedule a time so we can discuss and if i can provide you valuable services in that process we can certainly talk about that and move forward i'm already thinking of a few people i'm going to call right to put them on seriously awesome. seriously i think um you're the man dude <laughs> <laughs> you're the man friends i really do gentlemen you guys have been a phenomenal inspiration to me too so Thank you. please don't forget a lot of the things that you do have a lasting legacy. So keep going, man. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Doc. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. That, that, means, that means a Thanks lot. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Okay, no problem. Your rules, man. All right, let's All right,